0: Hello and welcome to The A-List, the podcast that asks the world's top advertising professionals how they got started in the business. I'm your host, Tom Chrisman, Chief Creative Officer at Damasimo Goldstein, an inspiring action agency in New York City. Today, I have the pleasure of talking to a very funny man, Mr. Roger Camp, who is the CCO and owner and founder of Camp and King, a small agency based in San Francisco and dedicated to making brands more conversation-worthy. We'll talk about what that means. We go through Roger's career, not just how he got started, but what he learned at each of the agencies he worked at. He's had the pleasure and the honor of working at a lot of great agencies. We'll hear about how being nice is important. We'll hear about Wyden's three-fail rule. And we'll hear about Roger's uh, adventures, dildo shopping with Danny Lennon, which um, is an interesting one. The A-List is brought to you by Ad House Advertising School. Advertising Age called AdHouse New York's newest, smallest, and arguably hippest ad school. Their philosophy? An ad class is only as relevant as the professional who teaches it. AdHouse classes are taught by the best in the biz in the agencies where they work. You get 10 weeks of classes for just 600 bucks. To apply, go to adhousenyc.com. That's adhousenyc.com. And for the latest news, follow AdHouse NYC on Facebook. So this should be fun for everybody, and I give you, without further ado, Mr. Roger Camp. Hi, Roger Camp.
1: Hey, buddy. How are you?
0: How you doing? We haven't actually met in real life.
1: I know. It's really weird, right? Because it feels like I know you. I feel like we could have, I don't know, made love at some point.
0: We probably did. I'm not (laughs) sure. The 90s (laughs) were a blur.
1: Your voice is so smooth. I'm not gonna lie; it's really, really smooth. You know,
0: many people say that now, and it, it's. Uh, it, I, I'm not gonna say I, I'm not. Uh, I don't get a boner from it because uh,
1: <laughs> you damn I well do. should. Thank you. Um, I, I didn't know what to expect. Okay. I haven't met you officially. Yeah. Just seen your your Facebookers. Yeah. Pictures.
0: I got one of those faces. And then your Facebook is always uh, your kid doing something, and I I love—you're the best dad ever. I want to be—you make me want to be a better dad.
1: Oh, dude, my kid is going to, like, Menendez Brothers, carve a name in a shotgun shell at one point.
0: Or he's going to be, like, the king of the world.
1: (laughs) I'll go with the—
0: Either one either one
1: um,
0: so welcome and thank you for spending uh, a little time with us here yeah. today to go through uh, uh, you are you're definitely on the on the list of of list people uh, many of who of whom have started their own agencies these days um, and uh, I'm so glad we could we could speak to you um, ah, so nice you. so let's start with uh, with where you're from I, I think it's Jersey
1: I am Um, from Jersey.
0: Yeah, baby. I saw a picture of you and your Camaro. That that was a sweet Camaro.
1: (laughs) It was great. It really was. It had louvers in the back. Yeah. And I remember that picture as it was being taken. And I look back now. I had the puka shells. Yeah. I had a mesh half shirt. Yeah. And I remember my mom. I was getting my mom to take the picture, and she was holding the door open with her one foot. Yeah. And trying to take the picture, and I was trying to flex. At the same time.
0: Right. You wanted, to, you wanted to have that muscle tone.
1: I looked fantastic.
0: You did look fantastic. Where did you grow up? What, what town is that?
1: That's Piscataway, my friend.
0: Nice. I and grew up in
1: Piscataway. What was then, that like
0: and what where, where, where did your parents do? Uh,
1: my dad m- m- made plastic. He made huge sheets of greenhouse plastic, which was awesome because in the winter we would freeze it. Yeah, would have a skating rink, and in the summer we'd have a slip and slide. Really? And then dad is just a salt of the earth guy. Just yeah. a He's you've seen the Facebook stuff, like he's,
0: yeah. You like to be naked with your dad? That's all I, I know.
1: I like. Wait, oh, 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 so wait, in when you kind of show how like at one minute and twenty seven seconds, yeah. Rogers like talks about being naked with his dad. Could <laughs> that be the header?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, that definitely will be in the write up. I think.
1: Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do love getting naked with my dad, and it's funny because he is—he's so—he's the sweetest, nicest man in the entire world. But he's—he's kind of straight. Yeah. Um, Vietnam vet, salt of the earth, like he is just a solid guy. So, the first time we were all on vacation, and uh, he was out staring at the ocean. We take these family trips where we all go in North Carolina. That's awesome. He's looking out over the water, and I was like, "How do I fuck with dad? What can I do? Like, I'm walking up on him. What can I do?" Like oh, I'll get naked, so I took off all my clothes and I just stepped, walked up and put my arm around him. I expected him to look over me and he never did. Yeah, like we stood and had a conversation about like what we were having for dinner that night and just random shit. And then a crowd started to gather. That's amazing. And then Dad started freaking out and I chased him down the beach, holding my nuts (laughs) and running. So it's been a yearly thing. Every year I get naked with that. Yeah, weird. A weird opportunity.
0: That's amazing. So uh, so as you're growing up and you've got this like salt of the earth, tough guy, dad, you've got your Camaro. What? When did you start to be like, uh, oh, I got to think about what I want to do with my life. And, and how did that come about?
1: It was kind of, I guess it was art. I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be pure. And then yeah. I got all dirty in advertising. <laughs> um, but I started out just, again, drawing. And it was dad, I had a cousin, he was like, oh, your cousin can draw, and it was deer, because Dad's a hunter, right. of course, because he's, he's a salt-of-the-earth guy. Yeah. And he was like, you should draw that. So I was like, fuck, I'm going to make Dad proud, I'm going to go draw fucking deer. Yeah, And I started drawing that, and I'm like, all right, this is fun, I'm kind of good at it. And that led me to, again, art. Uh, I really did want to be pure for a while. Cartoonist?
0: Like you've always had a sense of humor. I wanted so. to
1: paint. Yeah. No, I wanted to paint. Oh, really? And I remember Dad going to my high school art teacher and saying, like, can my boy make a living doing art? And she, like, she explained all these, you know, fields and art and blah, blah, blah. So Dad felt comfortable. Oh, good. You also, you know, and there was one time where I was like, Dad, I really want a mannequin because I was going to draw shapes, figures.
0: Right. So you, you wanted one he, of those posing mannequin things.
1: But, but Dad being as yeah. you know, nice as he could be, found me a, like a real mannequin. Right. And as he's giving me the mannequin, he goes to put it, hand it in my hand, and he stops, and he pulls it back, and he was like, if I find a hole drilled in this thing, you and I are going to have to talk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he got you a fashion mannequin, like a giant yes. one? Yeah. Oh, it was my God.
1: Like out of a storefront window.
0: That's amazing.
1: It was, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> so it started there. I wanted to be art man. Yeah. Uh, and then I went to SVA,
0: Okay. Where'd you go? Uh, I went to the Fashion Institute of Technology.
1: Ah, you're right down the street.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I went to SVA and I made, I was filling out. So right
0: out of high school you went to SVA. I did. Because not a lot of people do that.
1: I know. I know.
0: Especially now. Uh,
1: Especially now. Um, And I took, I mismarked the classes I wanted to take because I wanted to be a graphic designer at that point because I needed to make money. Right. Dad had be scared. Mm-hmm. And there was something called an advertising concept class. I'm like, that's graphic design, I think. I had no idea what the two were.
0: Right, you just had to and fill out your class uh, totally. <laughs> day. Totally, and, and,
1: and I made a mistake and chose that, and I got in there and I'm like, fuck, this is fun. I yeah. like this, I like this better than that graphic design thing. Yeah, um, why did you like then, it better?
0: What was the, what was the difference? And wh- wh- why didn't you know that before?
1: Because I didn't know advertising was a thing. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a thing that I was going to pursue. Graphic design was a much more, probably a first step, a logical, uh, um, from art to graphic design. Mm-hmm. And then concept came later than that. But I, I wasn't a good art director. So I think that's what also led me to advertising more than graphic design. Yeah. Because I started out as an art director, and it wasn't until. <clears throat> um, Fuck, years later, I went to widen as a creative director, but I was a writer. Right. And I remember Danny Lennon calling me saying, like, I, I have this job opportunity at widen, but it's for a writer. I'm like, I, I can do that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, I'm not really good at art direction. I'm really not good at writing, but yeah. I think I could do that.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> Danny Lennon being uh, one, of the, one of the top uh, headhunter, almost a... Uh, a manager of sorts for for yeah. some of the top uh, advertising people um, so she She's comes great. up a lot in our conversations with with a lot of these guys yeah uh, we love we guys. love to say that she loves to uh, put us down like Tom you're not very good no one knows your name um, <laughs> yes, your book yes. your book is okay but you're you' you're just not at that level yet so I'll send it but I'm just what like is- forget it Danny forget <laughs> it
1: just forget it <laughs> With your toe your toe is on the trigger.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um so she so you didn't know you were you, you started out as an art director. Uh what was your first like so so you're you're at SVA, you're learning you you finally embrace advertising.
2: Yeah. I um,
0: loved it. And you loved it. And what did you what 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 were the what were the ways that you got it sort of into your system? How did you uh
1: I remember I had a class with uh, Sal DeVito. Yeah. And I, I went back to, didn't you, did you know Sal?
0: I didn't, know, and I, I still don't. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, knew, I knew of people that took his class, and I was always a little bit intimidated by that. And I didn't yeah, because,
1: really right, there were all these stories about, like, him burning, burning stuff. Things and stuff. things and throwing and, things. Yeah. Uh, and I remember I took that class, and I'm like, all right, this is good. This guy's going to break my balls, but uh, ultimately I'll be better for it. Yeah. And that's when I started to say, this is really fun. This is yeah. what I want. Uh, and then I went all in. And then my first job coming out was uh, at Corey Kane Partners.
0: Yeah. And that was with Venable, Paul Venables.
1: Venables was one of my first partners there. Wow. I think it was his second job. Yeah. Um, and my first. And then Rob Slosberg was there at the yeah. time. I think Kling had come through there for Jeff a short Kling, period. Yeah. Yep. I think. Um, but before I got there. But it was this great place. It's like they had Comedy Central, they had. The MTA, they, they was just fun, little thing, virgin. Yeah. And um, we had a lot of fun. As a first job, I still remember um, just all, like, that's where I realized my, my, my moment that I loved advertising. We all went out for, like, a big lunch. Everybody was boozed and drunk, and I came back, and I <sighs> fell asleep on somebody's couch, and I heard Neil Linewall, my creative director, walk in. And he was talking to the guy in the office, and I remember, like, literally going to throw up on the verge of heaving, and I'm curled up fetal position in a ball. Yeah. And I'm waiting for him to ream me, and I hear him drop his voice a little quieter so he doesn't wake me up. And I remember curling up really tight in a ball going, this is
0: so crazy. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's like, wow.
0: Like, isn't this the part where I get fired?
1: Right. It was so good. Yeah,
0: yeah. That is the thing about advertising. We do we do know how to have fun. We we work hard. We play hard.
1: Amen. Um, Amen.
0: So yeah, that was your first. That was your first thing. What? How did you get that job? Like, what was the what was the process um, for that? I, I know ended
1: up different time. Yeah, it was. A, up, a yeah, it was uh, no, no, it was. Uh, it was a different time. It was such a different time. Uh, it was back when we carried huge portfolios yeah. full of laminated pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't know if it was Danny back then. Right.
0: She was with uh, the uh, Creative Register, I think. She right?
1: was. She was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't see me, too. I gave her shit about that, like, l- later on when she started to really work with me. The yeah. first couple times I tried to work with her, yeah. she would pawn me off, like, or right. wasn't there. She was such an to asshole.
0: The juniors. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I love, I love her beyond belief.
0: <laughs> She's amazing.
1: She knows <laughs> everyone. She knows everyone. Yeah. Everyone. Uh, we went dildo shopping, <laughs> Danny and I. <laughs>
0: you're, not, you're nobody until you've been dildo shopping with Danny okay. Lennon.
1: Can, I, can that be the header of this section of, yes. the, of the podcast? Yes. I mean,
0: that's definitely going to be one of the things I talk about that we talk <laughs> about. Roger gets I naked mean, with his
1: dad, and Roger goes dildo shopping with Danny with Lennon. Danny-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to tag her in this.
1: <laughs> Tom, what did you do?
0: When did you start doing these, these, these things, and when did you change your voice? <laughs> and that's a terrible impression of me. Such a good voice. Um, uh, what, what, uh, what, what were the things you worked on there at Corey Kay? Oh, we never got to how you got the job. What, what, what did you have to do to get the job after Daniel?
1: Um, it was much—like, I, I walked in. They liked my stuff, surprisingly, Neil Linewall. Uh, who's a great great guy and part of what I think even now like things that you would learn as I even trying to set this thing up yeah. Going back and looking at what was the best of each place. Yeah, that I had worked at and I yeah. think Neil Neil always gave us and he was Good because he would keep us on the rails, but definitely gave us everybody enough rope to go hang themselves,
0: right? What does that mean like he let them he, he, he gave would you. let
1: us? Like, he was, he sent me a note probably two years ago, and it was a Comedy Central ad we did, and I remember I wanted to make the headline really tiny, and I don't know why, but it was uh, this, like, seven-point font, like, whatever, you could just barely get away with, and that was the headline. Yeah. And then Neil called me up, and he was like, why the fuck did I let you do that? I'm looking back at these, like, these these old ads, and I, I can't even read it. But he was always <laughs> letting us try stuff. And it was Comedy right. Central. Like, they should be trying stuff. Anyway. Sure. Anyway, it's about yeah, can you uh, widen claims and says that a lot too. You know, the whole idea the widen thing is that like you have to fail 3 times. You heard that?
0: No, no, tell tell me. Tell us.
1: Um tell us. Tell all um, of us. The the widen thing is uh, you have to to prove that you're not going to get fired. You can fail you fail 3 times and I think everyone's scared the first couple times they fail, but when they realize that they're not getting fired, it gives them the um, confidence to to keep trying new shit.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, as opposed to like, oh shit, I'm not going to try anything because if I get fired,
1: I'm right. You know, right. I'm out of a if job I made, and, and I make a mistake.
0: Yeah. Right. Um, that is so important, and I think uh, I don't know how to like for kids getting into the business. Like, how do you check for that kind of I stuff? Know. How do you know I about? Know. Is it just just hearing stuff like this from like, oh well, that agency's like that. That agency's like that. I'm sure Camping King is like that now.
1: I think you just need to try and once in a while let people go do that thing that they probably shouldn't do. Right. As long as they're not going to jeopardize an account. Yeah. And who knows if they buy it, you know, that's how, I mean, that's some of the best stuff I, we talked about here. I've always said that all the creatives that I hire, yeah. there's a couple, there's a couple deals we have. One is if you ever wanted to leave, just let me know Yeah. because I only want people that want to work here. So yeah. at some point, I don't want. There's no need to go like hide and send your stuff around. If you want a job, just let me know.
0: Right. And, and you won't be fired right on the spot. I no, will help right. you get a new job while you sort of transition out of this one. Absolutely. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, and we and it's been uh, the first person I lost. His name was Adam Capel. Super good guy, and he was here. We we didn't lose anybody for the first three years. Wow. Um, and he had just gotten married, and he wanted to go live abroad, and I hooked him up with those the Wyden folks, and he ended up going running Nike in Tokyo or something. Wow. Um, but that is a, a deal that I've had with everybody here. And then just trying to let people go do something stupid once in a while. Right. I mean, you and I both know the best shit that we've probably ever done in our careers is the stuff that we were told,
0: and you probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. No, The I always try to, and I know you do this too, like a, on every shoot, you know, we get what the client <laughs> yeah. wants, totally. so we get what the client paid for, but you have to come with like extra scripts, goofy yeah. gags, Absolutely. other, it can be for a completely different thing. It doesn't have to yeah. be for the client, but like... Yeah. Do some spec things because you got time, and if they're funny enough, like they will do them. And yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of times that's where the magic really does happen. I absolutely um, how do you do that? How do you where did you learn that? Did you learn that from Corey k Was that a Cliff Freeman thing?
1: Cliff Freeman, I think that was Cliff's. I mean, that was pretty by the book. Like, you would write your stuff and you'd go and make that. There'd yeah. be some improvising, but it was pretty true to form. So maybe later, maybe it was more of. I know in Fallon, we did some, there was Holiday Inn stuff that we ended up doing. Yeah, I love where, that stuff.
0: I actually had, had that idea, and I was trying to sell it. <laughs> and then you guys did it, and I was like, God
1: damn it. <laughs> we had God'sell. soul. It was all working out. Yeah, we had, yeah, uh, yeah. The actors were great. Yes. But the idea was we had the scripts in the can, and then we just started to say, what if? And yeah. that, that's. Uh, again that was a huge learning curve yeah. and it's something i've said here so many times t- what you just said to your point which is know what you're walking into know what you need to cover and yeah. then just go at- ape shit on some of the stuff that the client can't see on a script right. but when they actually see it and it's live and it's acted out eh, a lot of times you end up doing well
0: yeah and that that's how you get around the the whole testing problem too i think you yeah. know like they that you can have a client that's like look we got to do the tested boards and that that frame didn't work, but you know, do yeah. that to the best of your ability, and then you know, once the client leaves the set, shoot away. Do, yeah. You know, if if yeah. your if your director will will do it and not yeah. charge you more, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and a lot of times if, if you're good enough and you have you have the credit you know the credibility to do that, they will. They'll they'll spend a couple more hours with you, and yeah, they'll and, try and it. add into it. Yeah. Um, uh, so you're at Corey K. What was the first ad that you had to do, and, and who was your partner, and, and how did that work out? And... Uh,
1: Venables early on, and then there uh, Scott Desells was another guy that I got partnered up with. And I think it might have been the Subtalk. Remember those Subtalk MTA things that were up? They were all type yeah. in the subway forever and ever. Mm-hmm. It was those, writing those. Okay. And that was almost like writing it like Jack Handy. Yeah. It was just those kind of weird thoughts. Right. And that was that was that was really fun. Then Comedy Central came in. Um and that just opened up a whole nother I think that may have also been influential of like, hey, this is funny and I like doing funny. So that led me down more of that path.
0: Yeah. Who were your who were your heroes at that time? Like who did you want to be? Who did you want to work
1: for? That's funny. Kirschenbaum was up there, I wanted to go to Kirshenbaum, Mad Dog, so I got fired from Corey Kay mm-hmm. because I was freelancing or helping out, I don't even think I was paid uh, at Mad Dog. And I'm still uh, playing with Nick, Nick Cohen is lo- local now, he's over here. Yeah. And I remember like Venables and I would go, they were across the street, we were on the 8th floor and they were on the 8th floor across the street so I could yeah. see in. And there were always, like, parties, and they were all high and having a great time. Yeah. And I remember being like, that's fun. And they were doing all the, what was the voice, the Village Voice stuff. Yeah, that yeah. That was great.
0: Yeah, which was, they had the great... uh uh, the coupons that uh, you yes, know, the coupon yes. would usually yes say no. yes at the top, yes. but it said no really big at the top, and it was all about how like I wouldn't subscribe to your commie paper <laughs> if you if you uh, paid no me, good. and then the that yes was, was really small, and and uh, it was a great campaign uh, from an great. insight, a great insight about yeah. yep. people hate our, ma- uh, our our paper. Yep, um, lean into the negative. It's not for everybody. Yeah.
1: Um, so we went. I went, and I was doing some stuff for them again, not getting paid. Right. And I left some shit on the printer. And I remember Alan Kay calls me into his office, and he was like, I you know I know you've been working across the street, and you can't do that anymore, and you have to promise me, like, I, it's, I'm pissed off, but you have to promise me you're not going to do it again. And I'd been at Corey Kay for a few years, yeah. and I remember, like, there was a long pause, and I looked up and I was like, I don't think I can. And he was like, but wow. then I'm, I'm going to have to – fire you. It was all really, like, slow, drawn, yeah. out, a little pensive, and yeah. I was like, I, I think you do. <laughs> wow.
0: Like, all right, you're What fired. gave you the balls, Roger Camp?
1: I I uh, it was, I felt like maybe I had an open door there, so from there, and, and I never got a job there, Nick, that fucker.
0: <laughs> so you walked over there like, hey, I just quit, yeah. and they're like, no, nope, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. You still not nothing. getting paid.
1: I got nothing for you. Um... Yeah, I, but I think I'm always been, and even now, I do feel like shit takes care of itself.
0: Yeah, I read that that you said like you're just you're just a happy guy, and you don't worry too much because everything's gonna like be fine.
1: Even then, I had no real, you know, work or book, and I just yeah, yeah, yeah I do kind of feel that way.
0: Wow, Maybe where does that bliss, come from?
1: Blissfully naive. I think it is. It's another dad instilled thing. Everything just kind of works out. Yeah.
0: Was he just totally. like that when you were a kid like you just like Absolutely. Yeah. Everything, just like yeah. ah you'll be fine. It'll
1: be fine. He's you know, right, he like he had been through the worst shit yeah. and terrible stories yeah, and he always came out with an optimistic attitude. And right. Like, "Fuck, I think I think I'm going to pick that up."
0: That's really um, great. Can I call you whenever, you know, I'm feeling stressed out and you can just hell like, yeah. you know. We could do a, a thing where you like leave a message on my phone every <laughs> once in a while. Like, "Tom, it's going to be okay."
1: It's going to be all right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so so you you leave uh, uh, Corey K. You don't have a job. Nope, nothing. Uh, Nick Cohen, that motherfucker But didn't doesn't, hire me. Doesn't give you a job. What do you do?
1: So then I end up taking a job at BBDO with Stephen Gill. Okay. And uh, we're there for I was there for seven and this one went like back in Pepsi Super Bowl and yeah. cranking on that. Yeah. And I went in as remember Michael Patty? Yeah. He I we were I never well, met I filmed, him but I
0: but I like I was afraid to lived, go there when yes. uh, uh, because of all that like I was yes. like am I going to have to deal with the guys
1: there is a lot of that yeah. there was a lot of that so I had picked up Stephen Gill and I picked up where Eric King and uh, Christu okay. had left off because yeah. they were his boys so we kind of came in and we're going to be his boys and we'll get shots at Pepsi and Super Bowl and yeah. I was there for all of 7 weeks um I had been, in my downtime between, before I took that BBDO job, I uh, freelanced at Cliffs? Right. I might have been in there once.
2: Yeah. But what
1: was funny was I tried to get in at Cliffs, and I yeah. sent David Angelo my book. Yeah. And the, he, I got it back, and he was like, no, not interested. And then I think Venables went and then freelanced there first, and he mentioned my name to David, and I meant David said something, oh, yeah, Roger, I th- Yeah, he sent his book here. Yeah. And then another friend of mine who was a, who had gone through the halls mentioned my name to David again, and yeah. David was like, "Oh yeah, Roger, we're trying to get him in here." But wow. I didn't do anything different. You but did I had nothing. People bring up my name, so that, that, that over time he wanted to hire me. That and I got is a
0: call. such a that 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 <laughs> says that you are such a mensch, and you are a nice guy who who everybody likes hanging around. You're not an asshole. Is that what I'm it an is? Asshole. And then I'm an asshole. You are an asshole. Okay, but <laughs> people know you and they like you, and and they talk about you. So it's so important. Positively right. That um, is so important. It's. I think the 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 key and the secret to this whole industry and maybe every industry is just knowing people and being excited yeah. about them and and talking to them and and letting your name get out there and your reputation is like, oh, you know, Roger's a nice guy, or or yeah. I like that guy, or he's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so important. And a lot of people just want to get in and do the ads that, you know, break the bank and do the world and, you know, yeah. they don't care about anything else. It's It really is those times in between when you're sleeping on the couch and your boss makes fun of you for <laughs> being drunk at the party. You know, it's like those kind of things are so important. Absolutely. Um, so what – What? Uh, so so they kept saying that and then you finally got the gig at
1: Clifford? So Absolutely. Yeah, so they called me back uh, from Cliffs, and I was at BBDO for seven weeks, and they're like, hey, come on over. So I'm like, all right. I quit BBDO, and then I went to Cliffs. And at the time, it was so tiny. I mean, it was Viscovo, Matt Viscovo. I was partnered up with Michelle Rufa. Um, Greg Bell was there. Steve Dildarian was there. Wow. It was so fun. And I remember, like, talk about going through your career and cherry-picking your favorite times or cultures. And I remember there... The Cliff Freeman thing used to have, like, five names attached to all the work. Yes. And, and I couldn't understand why until you start working there and you realize everybody liked each other. Yeah. So you'd be walking down the hall and they would be like, hey, we have this idea. What do you think? What would you do? And it wasn't like that thing where, like, I've got to get this proof. In fact, Greg Bell and I joke about this a lot. Yeah. Because he, he and I were there, and for some reason he was, like, producing six months out of the year and I was producing the other six. And there was a time, and I guess it's, you, it's a learning curve as a creative, where I didn't want to just sell something. I only wanted to sell what I really wanted to go produce. And if it <laughs> wasn't going to be that thing, I didn't want it. So we're both, it was for a Little, little Caesars. We both got briefed on it. Yeah. We talked about our ideas, Greg Bell and I, before we were going in to present to cliff. And I remember Greg Bell had something, that was I don't know what it was, but it was great. Yeah. I remember going, "Fuck, that's good." They need to make that. So we went in, we went in first to go present to Cliff, yeah. and we had all of our scripts ready. We sit down, and I was like, "We've got all these scripts, but I don't want to present them because I really want you to buy Greg's idea."
0: Really? Wow. Yeah.
1: But what did I your What did your
0: partner say to that?
1: She was fine. Okay, because she was hard. because there was a a bounty of work to be had. I think yeah. that's the other thing is making sure that as long as the machine isn't constipated and people are getting a chance to produce. Yeah you can then push to only sell the stuff that you really really want
0: yeah that was something that eric silver would say a lot at uh at bbdo was you know got to keep everybody fed you know yeah. Uh, yeah. give everybody a chance to be producing things yep. that they like um so important yeah. um so so you actually and did it work did did uh did greg get his uh thing produced i
1: have no idea <laughs> i don't remember i probably stabbed him in the back later yeah yeah
0: something. later you're like oh yeah it's my idea <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Told totally me, give me a slash on it, maybe.
0: But liking the people you're working with is so important. I, again, I think that's that's where that's where the magic happens as well.
1: Absolutely, and it's partly like again the culture thing here. What I love, and and I could be completely drunk and naive, mm-hmm. but thinking that sure the agency that we've started to build and is great. The culture is kind of what's fun. Yeah. And I I remember there was a weird point. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I'm going to throw Steve Luker under the bus, but I might. There was a time when Jamie King and I went for a pitch, and we walked into the Oceana, and Steve Luker, who was my old partner from Wyden, who was at Mutt, Mm -hmm. was floating in the pool, and he was tan and bronze and moving in slow motion. It was so, he was just so relaxed. And he's like, Roger. I'm like, Luker, how are you?
0: And the Oceana is like basically Melrose Place. Like it's, uh, it's like a, <laughs> a little hotel, pool yeah. with uh, yeah. all the hotel rooms around it. So,
1: so then uh, and Jamie and I are like pitting out. We're sweating. We're hot. And Luker's just tan and bronze in <laughs> slow motion. And uh, I was like, how are things going? He was like, Roger, things are great. He goes, we're paying people. We're not paying people a lot. They're busting their ass, and they really – nobody wants to leave. Like, the culture is so good. Yeah. And I remember, like, oh, that's great, great, great. We talk, talk. And then I was like, let's meet for drinks later. Jamie and I turn and walk away, and we got three steps away from the pool. Like, what the fuck are we doing wrong? <laughs> are we pay people okay? What, the, what does he have? What is he doing that's so great? Why? And uh, so, so cut to later that night. We are out at a bar, and uh, his people are there. We're there. And after a few drinks, there's an account girl that uh, comes across to me and she kind of looks left and looks right, she goes, are are you guys hiring? Because they pay me nothing and they work me so hard, all the stuff that, and I remember I turned to Jamie, I was like, I gave him a big thumbs up and a smile. I'm like, we're okay, we're okay, we're all fucked up. Right, everybody's fucked up. We had a drunken uh, moment where like, holy shit, at some point, we're not gonna be in touch with what's really happening. At right, the agency. Right. And so I started. I, I had this whim. Was like, all right, everybody must have their person to keep them honest. Right. And I called at the time Pat Fallon. I called Venables. And I called all these people and said, like, do you who's your person? Who's your person that tells you when you shouldn't be drinking right now at lunch? And you're, you, this person's mad. Like, who keeps you honest? And everybody had somebody. Really. And Jamie and I were like, fuck, we need somebody. And we went through and started thinking back in our in our past lives. And uh, we had worked with a woman called Anne Sonier, who was at Riney in charge of Creative uh, Resource Manager. And she's just the, she, she's awesome. Um, she was always for the best interest of the agency. She would tell it like it is. She's uh, wonderfully fucked up like we all are, but, but she's funny. And I remember she was the one, I, she was Lou Bars, she left Riney. Went to become Lou right hand, uh, and then ended up getting fired from BBDO because she was so brutally honest. Yeah, nobody could take her shit.
0: Oh my god!
1: So we brought her in. Yeah, we had her come out, and she's been with us ever since. And fucking so it. So she
0: tells you when you're when you're getting you're, you're getting yeah. out of touch. You're getting being an asshole. This yeah.
1: Person's, yeah, this person. Yeah, this person
0: really needs a raise. This person yeah, needs to
1: be needs to be producing. Right, this person's mad at you for saying this.
0: Yeah, yeah. be yeah. aware
1: of this. Yeah, all that. Yeah that person.
0: That's awesome. Um, so you're, so you're out there. Okay. So we were, we, we were jumping around. I'm trying yeah, to go, go in order here. Um, go. when did you actually get to Cliff? What, what, what was that like?
1: Late uh, it 90s? was, it was late nineties cause I left in 2000.
0: You did a couple of the, my favorite things from there, which, uh, one of them is, uh, uh, every, every sport should be more like hockey. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: that old Fox stuff, yeah.
0: Bowling would be better if it was hockey. Yeah. Um, how many how many things did you have to do? Because I know Cliff, you know, uh, how many of those ideas did you have to do for to get to that one?
1: Uh, we had a few because I'd started working with Jeff Bitsack mm-hmm. at Cliff's and then later then started working with Eric Silver. So we all kind of came together.
2: Yeah. And we
1: had, like, there were a few ideas. I think we were down two or three by the time that one came around. Yeah. Um, but you know what's weird is the Cliff thing. Cliff thing was always funny to me, and it, it kind of fucked me up in a good way. Right. Where it was always about just make it funny. Yeah. And I remember, I remember thinking like, and it wasn't really client specific, or it <laughs> yeah. didn't. If it didn't sell for them, we would go sell it for somebody else. Yeah. And it was good. and it, Again, it, it, he loved awards, so therefore I won more awards because it was his passion. Right. But then I remember going to. Wyden and working on something for the first time and had some idea and it was perf- like a financial thing. Yeah. And, it was, and I remember presenting to Wyden and he was like, that, that's, that's not right, voice for the brand. Yeah. And I was just baffled and I'm looking, but, but it's, it's funny, funny. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but it's funny. Yeah. Um, and that was where like, there was a huge learning curve, of like, oh my God, like, brands have a sweet spot in a voice. You need to fuck it up and have fun with it, but yeah. there is something that's right for them. Yeah. Cliff, Cliff was, you know, Cliff was. Well, people
0: come. People would are. come to Cliff for that particular. Uh, Absolutely. That particular voice. Absolutely. Um, and so, what, what is your voice now? What is your favorite voice to write in?
1: Do you know when we hire people here? I, I truly wanted this place to not have, and, and I think we. I think we've probably. I'm wanted. Diversify more, yeah. But I think the one thing that I've always said to the writers in here is I want to make sure that I'm giving you different voices to write to because I don't want it to be a one voice thing. Yeah. I want it to be right. The back to the to widen learnings right. of like what's right for that brand. And I loved how we had City of Hope here for a while, and that was just got very emotional. Yeah. Then we have Del Taco, and that's just it's fast food and it's funny. And they're working on stuff for Google or Remax. And those have their own voices. So each one gets its own voice. And I wanted to make sure that the writers we hire can also write in all those voices.
0: Yeah. And Which is ha- hard. How do it's you do hard. that? How do you how do you check that?
1: Um, I guess you're kind of looking for somebody who just has their own point of view mm-hmm. and then can tailor it to what is the client voice. You know what I mean? Like you need them to have a weird perspective on things. Yeah. And then I think they can adapt. And, and it's been hard. I think a writer position here, we've been through more writers yeah. that haven't worked out here because it's a harder thing Same. to find.
0: Yeah, because uh, yeah, there's so much to write. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and you have to be able to uh, make everything uh, enjoyable and uh, entertaining, yeah. but also, you know, conversational. And, like, it's so, it's so hard to write well. Um, I think it is one of the things that um you know we definitely need to teach more of uh in yeah. schools um did you get any of that like writing uh in school were you a writer uh at no any point? I,
1: I, I came through or did you all have just art learn it through i was a terrible art direction but i was i was bad i was I liked doing concepts. Yeah. Like concepts were fun for me, and yeah. art direction was. I wasn't good enough of a writer to be a writer. Yeah. So I was by default, and I kind of think art directors now you tend to have a major. You're going to go one way or the other, which is you're going to be a little more conceptual, or you're going to be really aesthetically beautiful. Design driven. Yeah. Designy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I was definitely not designy, so I was more in the concept world. So it, I was kind of writing my own stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, when you have people work on things, what do you what do you have them do exactly? Like, what do you ask for?
1: Paragraphs? Oh, you mean as we start to develop? Yeah. That?
0: When you say like, okay, first round, I just want to see what is it a ta- like? I've heard some people say like taglines. I just want to see taglines. You know, there's uh, like the old school.
1: Uh, no, the first thing that I want to see when we start working on something is yeah. how a brand how it should behave. Mm-hmm. Give me brand behaviors. Yeah. So yeah, there'll be manifestos and I think that's important. But I, I, I kind of like how a brand should behave first, yep. and then how it speaks later.
0: So when when a kid doesn't know what that means, do you,
1: do you give me examples? <laughs> uh, no, I just let them let them fail. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, because a lot of the a lot of the more modern agencies now that's that's how they're coming at it. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Co Collective calls it uh, story doing. Mm. Um, we call it uh, inspiring action. So like actions that the brand can take, uh, not ads that, like, that just Correct. fake their voice. Um, and I think that it forces you, and I, I think uh, Crispin also did it where they made, they made the creatives almost write a PR press release yeah. uh, yes, for I did hear the that. idea, which, yeah. which was a great way of just making it concrete. Like, okay, you have to write a press release for something that this brand does or did. Uh, that made you know everybody realize what it was about that's um, great. and it, it forces you to be like okay this happened this was a thing that happened it can't just be like this ad campaign had headlines like this because it's not gonna make a press release right okay. so uh, yeah it's so important uh, brand behaviors that's good I like that we're writing that down kids
1: is <laughs> this minute 32 brand behaviors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> write that down okay we got it Um. Big, big agencies versus small agencies. You've worked at a lot of them. You've worked in all kinds of cities. What, where was the sweet spot other than your place right now? I guess you could end with why you're in San Francisco. Um,
1: I don't know. I think every time I went somewhere, it was for something. Yeah. So I was going there. And it's a different because now I'm setting up my own thing and yeah. trying to make it what i want but every time i went to one of the places i went to bbdo because i wanted that big pepsi super bowl spot that i never got yeah i went to cliff's because it was just going to be constant production and it was funny as shit and it was just fun yeah when were you there
0: at cliff uh at the at the end basically i was i was the last uh creative (laughs) director uh of of cliff freeman um god and when i got there it was uh he was losing accounts. He was smaller. He was on 20th Street, not down at the, you know, mm. fancy place where he was. So yeah. I had heard that, you know, Cliff's in a corner office. He's in a little, you know, cubicle. It's not what it was. And, but he's, when Cliff Freeman says, hey, you want to help me with my creative department? You're like, yes, absolutely. going yeah. I'm going okay. to try. So um, it was, I was there for a year and a half. Uh, it was so fun. We did so many great spots uh, for Quiznos and— Oh, uh, yeah. And a, a few things for Snapple, but... Uh, yeah. And a bunch of pitches, and I learned so much from that guy. I mean, he yeah. he just knows how to cut a spot. Um, you know, I don't even know I how agree. he does it. I still don't there know was, how
1: he does it. There was a lot of learning that happened with Cliff. You're right. Um, the detail that he had, and teaching um, all of us to kind of sit there and go over every fucking take... Yeah. ...so many times. Like, that. you're right. There was a lot to be learned from that man.
0: Yeah. And, and I think... That is another thing is like uh, a lot of time right now, we don't have a lot of time to sit and be like, could be a little bit better. Let's try it again with this and that. You know, it's like you don't have the opportunity to sit there like you used to. Uh, And I'm sounding like the old the old Mm -hmm. guy at the party. But I think there is something to sitting with um, a, a legend like Cliff and just for hours just looking at takes and just yeah. really uh, if you don't do that you're never going to have it great um, yep uh how do you how do you do that now what's the how do you how do you make the time for things it's, when there's so much never, coming especially, at you
1: right because you're juggling so much it's hard to actually make that time and i feel like there's times when i want to devote more to it and i can't but that there's another cliffism that came through and i remember we were editing something and creatives here make fun of me all the time because I'm always looking at the heads and tails of each take because for some reason you're finding the most true genuine moments and it's not the overacted pieces Mm. and that is such a cliffism anyway sorry sorry. yeah
0: no it was like no you got to do it straighter 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 no I can never do it no eye movement just straighter uh yeah and it's always funnier in the wide that was the other thing, is go wider, 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 wider. We can always punch in a little bit. Yeah.
1: Are you friends with uh, Dan Keller? Yeah, sure. Keller had that whole list of...
0: Uh, what's funny and uh, what's not, what's yeah. What's
1: funny and what's not.
0: We talked to him about it on, on this uh, podcast.
1: Well, we look have, at that. Yeah.
0: Check uh, check episode number uh, 12. <laughs> I don't know what episode. What episode is it, Matt? Do you know? No, what minute he is it? doesn't Matt, Matt doesn't. He doesn't really listen to these. Did, Ke- he just,
1: did he just Dan have any... Together any notes in his that said dildo shopping with Danny?
0: No, he did not. Okay. He did not talk about dildo shopping with you. Did okay. you dildo shop with him as well?
1: No, no, no. I just do you want, want to release sure sure that, that now? He didn't, I just want to make sure that he didn't steal my thunder. Oh no.
0: Dildo shopping no, he never did that, no. Okay. It wasn't like okay. that at all. Okay. Um, who where are we going? I don't you know, where do you want to go?
1: Mm, we're we're going we? down a path. I feel like we're going down a uh, very logical path. Keep it going. Yeah, what yeah, we got?
0: yeah. So you were uh, Wyden, you worked at Wyden.
1: So How then did I went you get there?
0: Big, big, uh, big job.
1: Big job. So wasn't ready a cl- for that.
0: You're a, you're a creative director now.
1: I'm a creator and I'm a writer. Yeah. Todd, and suddenly Todd, you're a
0: writer because Danny Todd Waterbury. talked them into it.
1: Yes. And I'm going to be partnered up with Todd Waterbury. Right. Um. And I remember. And
0: what were you working I, on? Coca Cola. Yeah.
1: So my account when I, when I got hired was Diet Coke, and then kind of the time that I was there, I ended up bouncing around. I worked with, I had a bunch of different partners. It was Susan Hoffman and then wow. Luker, Rizwald for a short time. Mm-hmm. Just, it was, again, talk about what you take from each place, the culture of that place, and what I always loved about it, which was you would go to work and have no idea what you were going to see at work. Yeah, and I always wanted to make that promise to employees here. It's like I want, I want moments of stupidity. I want moments where because I remember at Wyman you'd have like uh, some guy coming in, it's like a dolphin playing a harmonic. I don't know what the fuck it was. It yeah. was just weird shit that you would always encounter. Yeah, and that idea of like what am I going to see at work today kind of makes getting up a lot easier.
0: Ah, so yeah, you talked about earnest stupidity in the past, like.
1: <laughs> what is it
0: about that? that what's, the, what's the power of that?
1: Uh, I think there's a sincerity to it. So when I look back, there's some things that i uh, There's a campaign that it was first seen at. Mm-hmm. And part of it was just it, it, the idea was it was a complicated brief. They wanted to talk about everything that they sold and did. But at the end of the day, they get, found the best price on whatever for you or they right. gave you the best reviews and we felt like we had done these little t-shirt guys and it was the sim- the most simple thing so being able to make it simple yeah then at the time there was an actor strike do you remember that when that yep. was going on yep. so yep. we couldn't hire anybody that was good which worked out kind of in our benefit because we just cast people off the street they had no idea where their eye line was. They didn't know what they were doing. Right. And there was such an, an, uh, a, an, an honesty to that yeah. that made them so much more lovable. Yeah. They didn't feel like actors. Now they were just these fun people in these uncomfortable situations that you could now laugh at. It just, there was something about that that opened my eyes. And then we ended up doing something probably way too similar with discovery.com.
0: Right. I remember that and too. Yeah
1: just had all we did was have these. It was still during the strike, yeah. and we just had these actors we cast off the street, and we had them read the brief. But they were wearing like fish costumes yeah. and in the in like lion costumes yeah. next to a live lion. And then at some point they started to read off the teleprompters too clearly or too perfectly, and then yeah. we would take out all the spaces. Yeah. So it would be more uncomfortable.
2: <laughs> That's and <there> amazing. Was, <laughs>
1: Or we would go really fast, or make them look left and right, yeah. two or three teleprompters to find it. Yeah. So just that there was something about that that felt, and and I don't know. Now that I wish we could almost get back to that. Yeah. I mean, there was something. But that
0: it. came out of. I mean, it came. What I love about that story is like you got this brief, and we've all gotten that brief. That's like. Five pages long, and you're like, yeah. "Wait, you want to get all of this into a 30 second TV commercial? You know, or or a banner? Yep, <laughs> um, or a banner." And uh, and you took it, and you said, "Okay, let's let's boil it down." Did you have to work with the planner? I know they have great planners there. Like, how did how was that? How do you how do you um, get how do you get from like, "Oh my God, I'm overwhelmed by all of this information," to like what the what the simple. Business?
1: The CNET thing was at Legos Delaney yeah. when I first came to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then Discovery was at Riney. So they do, Wyden has great planners. Uh, we worked with. Oh, at, right.
0: This is, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. This was, yeah, this was uh, Riney, it was uh, Mike Harris. Mm-hmm. You know Mike Harris? He's a great planner. Anyway, no, he don't. was uh, a big part of, of some of that Discovery stuff. Um, yeah, so the widen planners, I think they they are great, and they do help. And it wasn't until I got to widen that I realized how good and mm. necessary the planners were. Because again, back at Cliffs, you're selling gags; it's jokes, yes. it's funny. Yes. Yes. And now all of a sudden, you needed to sell something that probably you know was a little harder and worked harder. Yeah. So planners, anyway, that's where I learned the value of a planner.
0: Yeah. Um, but you, what I love about that story is you, you sort of you, – you had all these issues that could have made for like, you know what, fuck it. I don't know what to do. Let's just do whatever they, the client wants. And you just kept going. And then you had the actor strike and you said, okay, we're going to keep going. And you, like that takes a lot of uh, trust from the client, first of all, who yeah. – were, were they like, what do you mean we're going to use non-actors? What,
1: like, okay, can I tell you this, this may be my favorite dot-com story? ever yeah so for cnet we were working with the client who uh i think he had come up with the color scheme yeah for this um and we were we we shot these these spots on like a friday edited saturday finished sunday and they were on monday night football (laughs) and they were throwing money at this thing to get them done get them on air yeah and i remember we we shot this stuff We show up at the the client's hotel room, and he comes in, like, it's midnight now at this point. Mm -hmm. He comes, stumbles in, he's drunk out of his head, he's got all these girls, maybe hookers. Let's say they're hookers because it will make a better story. He's got, like, four hookers with him. We all go to his his room, and we start showing him the the spots that we've just shot. (laughs)
0: This is your and, pitch to him. And, you're like, and,
1: yes, here we are. We're here's the we spots. Need we need you to approve this.
0: Sapphire likes him.
1: And, and so he falls on the bed with the girls. They're all pawing at him. And he's drinking. And we start explaining. So what you're going to see, and at this point, he goes, just play in the spots. <laughs> and he kind of gestures in a drunken stupor. Yeah. And uh, the, we play him. He turns to the hookers on the bed and says, what do you think? The hookers like them. And they they
0: move forward. Oh my god! <laughs> Saved by hookers.
1: It was great.
0: Were you nervous so that like this was all going to fall apart? Like this guy's drunk. Uh, no!
1: Remember or, I'm yeah. So you always have that.
0: It. Nothing. It, it, yeah, that's amazing. I need that superpower. <laughs> you have a superpower. So no, I want to get to same. I want to get to Camp and King, and I feel like yeah. I'm running out of your time. But um, tell me about Camp and King, and and where where. All of this, what, what all of this learning has led up to and, and what you have now, what you're trying know. to do there.
1: I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing.
0: Well, you have this thing that I love <laughs> called, uh, you know what you're uh, conversation-worthy. I love that.
1: So, and again, when Jamie and I first talked about that, I, I think there's a, there's a knee-jerk in me creatively that was like, I don't want that, that word. Right, that, right. That, that, it seems too gimmicky. Right. Right. Um, but it does give us something to strive to. Uh, bigger than that, I think clients, when we start to explain it, mm-hmm. can quickly understand it and self select in or out. And for the most part, in, obviously, conversation yeah. worthy. Yeah. But um, it is a very uh, client friendly um, position and way to explain it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's about being part of culture, right?
1: Exactly. Or just finding, I think part of the thing too is just making sure that. It's no longer, which is funny coming from me in .com times, of just getting your name out there as much as you can. Now yeah. the positive association is so important. Yeah. And, the, and the potential to fail has gotten so much more um, possible. Yeah, Pepsi. <laughs> Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Jamie and I started Camp King six years ago.
0: In San Francisco. And and I,
1: in San Francisco. He and I worked together at uh, Riney. Yeah. And he was the new business guy. And when I got to Riney, we started pitching. And I pitched two things freelance and was creative director on them and won we both. And that's when I remember going in going, like, fuck, I feel like I could be invincible with this guy. Like, he's smart. Yeah. And even, even now, like, we have, a, we have a, a, an understanding. I was like, he has to be so smart that it allows me to be stupid. Yes.
0: That's because amazing. Because then I
1: get, I get to say, what if? Right. Because the clients are so bolted down and you've got them in such a – Good headspace; it allows me to say what else. And, and there's very few planners that I've ever worked with, maybe two, that have ever been able to do that.
0: That is a great uh, encapsulation of what a what a great planner does. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They Smart make, so
1: you can be stupid.
0: They make the science. <laughs> uh, it's science, and then you get to be uh, the silly guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm always impressed with uh, you and Jerry Graf and Eric Silver. You know, all these guys who are you know known for being super funny you get to talk to them they're all such none of you are crazy all of you were there when I called (laughs) but it's always good to talk to you Um, I didn't get to ask you what you look for in books Uh, but why don't you give us your your Twitter or whatever however kids can find you however the people can find you
1: Uh, I don't want them to find me okay Okay.
0: camp (laughs) camp dash king dot (laughs) com yes alright buddy Uh, thank you Roger Camp everybody thank you so that was my chat with Mr. Roger Camp, uh, funny guy, always, always fun to talk to. The, uh, the three-fail rule was really cool. I did do a British accent, which uh, I'm sorry to all the Brits out there listening. Uh, it's terrible. And, and thank you for uh, not writing me and telling me how bad it is. And this has been The A-List, brought to you by Ad House Advertising School. I'm Tom Chrisman. Thanks for listening. Please rate us and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to be interviewed for an upcoming episode, contact us through adhouse.com. The A-list is recorded at Gramercy Post in New York City. Okay, cheerio!